Hey, Cosmic Stardust. It's Andy Murphy here with another episode of the Cosmic Mama Podcast. Divine perspectives to nurture you through ascension. We're bringing on sweet Amy Solara today to talk twin flames. We want to demystify or at least de-glorify this very weighted title of twin flames. We'll explore if it's going to work, if it can work for the long term, the challenges of these relationships, and really identifying what is it that you want from such a union. And we're going to explore suicide model. Okay, that's not the main point, but what the fuck's a suicide model? We'll find out inside. So my sweet friend, Amy, welcome to the Cosmic Mama podcast. Thank you so much for having me. I was so happy when you reached out. Um, And it's kind of goofy because Amy and I have never really met in this reality, but we (laughs) overlap in so many ways. So we were texting last week and she said, you know, what do you think about this twin flame thing? And I said, oh, wait, 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 that's, that's conversation for the podcast. That's not, um, it's too juicy to keep it from y'all. So hi, honeys. And um, you want to geek out on twin flames with us because, fuck, (laughs) Um, I think um, we've, we've both had twin flame relationships, so let's acknowledge that to maybe some degree um, mm-hmm. participated in what could be considered twin flame relationships. But would you give me a little bit of like your big take on what you think twin flames are? <sighs> it's so funny. I have to like sit with it in my body and try to find neutral places because I think the word twin flame feels loaded to me and Mm. I don't know if it's because I've got so much earth that it feels literally heavy um but as much as I I love the romance of the idea um I also feel like it puts so much pressure on a relationship it it puts all of this uh literal weight to either um make it work or learn the lesson or be willing to evolve and grow. And I think sometimes people use it as an excuse or as a crutch to stay or to go. Yep. Yep. Um, watched it uh, be used at times in a very codependent way. Right. So in some, um, so let's just take a big broad perspective and I'll share a little bit of um, twin flame, ideally, uh, I think the way that it's spoken about is it's two souls that incarnated with God and then decided to split and have two different experiences. And then they're reuniting during this timeline for the ascension of humanity. Is that kind of how the story goes? That's how it was um, first explained to me. So okay. it was, I, I wasn't even introduced to the concept until I met the man that is currently... <laughs> Um, my wonderful life partner and husband and um, and he identifies as twin flame oh that's so crazy um, and I was in a twin flame relationship where the partner didn't identify as twin flame until the very end um, so again it's uh, I have watched the labeling of it be very abusive at times because <laughs> a lot of the teachings like there is one who is awake and chasing and then there was the other who was asleep and hurting you (laughs) (laughs) well so part of the reason I have such an issue with labeling our relationship as twin flame is because it's been so wonderful and lovely and 
in some sense is easy and from other people's descriptions yep. <laughs> of their twin flame relationships it's like the most difficult relationship in their entire life ever for always and um and I was like well even though he challenges me he's able to find everything that needles me and I'm able to find everything that needles him um it was just such an easy choice like the second we saw each other we're like yep that's it we're together done well Matt Kahn um I think is one of them who spoke about twin flames in a way that nobody liked, mm. but like we can like everything else that he does, but then disagree on that. So the of way he <laughs> talks about twin flames is a twin flame is the one who is going to like, it charges everything up. It's going to be your greatest teacher. It's going to be your greatest pain. And so it's ignited in some way. And then a soulmate is going to be the one who you actually want to be with where everything moves into ease and, um, like there's, there's just a coming together in it that doesn't feel at all challenging, but instead quite normal and kind of moving into this different degree of spirituality. Yeah. And that's why I, I identify as soulmate because to me, he uplifts and holds space like no other. So he is up leveling my soul experience. And at the same time, um, we can challenge each other and we're conscious in our growth as opposed to just complacent in our love. Oh, that's good. Um, and I, I like that idea of, I think all relationships right now, for any of us who are in this awakening process, they're going to be fucking conscious relationships. So I don't need a, a twin flame or soulmate or anything on it. Um, and really, if um, um, we allowed to say hubby's name, is that okay? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, so with Anton, like Anton is calling this twin flame because that feels really good and sexy to him, right? <laughs> and it's true to him. It's 100% true to him. And at first I wanted to call it that too, because he believed in it so much. And I honored that he believes it. I'm not going to deny it for him. Oh, that's so sweet. And, and I mean, I think part of that is, um, for him, it, it's an identifier of the work that his soul's doing right now. Oh, that's good. Um, but Amy, I will tell you, I have never seen a twin flame relationship work. Exactly. That's why uh, I'm like doubting that yeah. title so hard. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and so, yeah, I, I, I think you guys just kind of get to agree to disagree in that regard because mm-hmm. yeah, twin flames by their very nature, I haven't seen one work yet. Um, and thank you. I'll just speak. Um, I want to be cautious because I don't want to overshare because so much of my twin flame experience is um, profoundly sacred. And he and I have both agreed that like what we shared and what we experienced, nobody can really understand unless they were in it. So yeah. we've both been very um, respectful of one another in that. And at the same time, realizing we were never meant to be together as much as both of us wanted it. Yeah. Um, so in that place of like twin flame, it is, uh, <laughs> of every part of who you are. It is challenging to bring out the very best in one another's souls. And it is a, um, and maybe this is what we can play with too, is like this idea of, you know, in the Akashic, there are contractual relationships. Right. So there's, there's a contract in here. There's a soul contract that we both agreed to participate in and whatever fucking label you want to put on it, it just does put a lot of pressure. 
And it's why I loved your message the other day so much, because you were really um, resistant to wanting to participate in that label. And I dig that. <laughs> I've just, I've had so many people come to me because we have posted before, like that hashtag and that, that label on social media. The, like I said, because Anton 100% believes it. And it's weird because normally he's the doubter when I'm talking about anything, angels, aliens, dragons, you name it. He's, he looks at me and he's like, okay, babe, sure. Okay, babe, sure. Like if you're having those conversations with those beings, I'm not going to question you on it. Just you don't need to tell me everything. <laughs> and, um, and in this case, it's flipped. And it's the weirdest thing to me. And I'm like, why? And I think it's this. It's that I don't want that to be the reason. It's not the reason though, honey. Yeah, I, mean- I, I know it's not, but I also, I don't want other people to think it's the reason. I don't want other people to think it's a reason to use to, to make or break what they're doing, right? Like some people that have come up to me, whether they're clients or friends, or like, I think this person's my twin flame. And I'm like, really, what makes you say so? Like, are they pushing all of your buttons and all of your boundaries and making you question your reality? And you suddenly like are having crazy psychic out-of-body experiences? Cause then maybe, yeah. Yeah. Um, and I think in that regard, like the twin flame is often, uh, I've kind of lost my thought. Fuck. I'm sorry. Uh, no. Hey, um, but what I was hearing you say is the responsibility of it. It feels like a lot of responsibility because people want uh in in the wounded place of twin flame let's say this people want to see a twin flame that works so they have a reason to prolong their suffering and continue having hope Mm. yeah um or to keep dumping whoever they're with in search of the twin flame oh fuck can i just say like i do not wish a twin flame a true twin flame as i experienced it on anyone like it was uh torturous in (laughs) its Um, The lessons and the love were really beautiful, but the psychic connection, the ability to feel all of what the other is going through, the um, intertwining of karma and something like it was fucking brutal. And I think what you said earlier is so key. And a lot of people need to, um, I think, reevaluate some things regarding twin flames with that and the idea of one is awake and one is asleep. And usually one is an activator of the other. But then when the other one w- wakes up, it doesn't mean that you're on the same page. Oh, that's so true. It's so, yeah. Um, because again, like what is the contract, right? The contract right. is not happily ever after. Because I think in this place of ascension, in this place of awakening, we want to be whole unto ourselves. So we don't ever need to unify with that other piece of our twin flame because we can't become whole on our own, Right. Yeah, and I think it it points to a lot of people's codependency when they are only looking for the twin flame relationship because they feel like that's the only thing that will fulfill them on the inside. No, it does the opposite, right? Yeah. You to look at all of your shit. And if you're in um, conscious relationship with a twin flame, like I can say, because we were in it for about four years, um, the growth was so incredibly rapid that it was brutalizing at times. Like there wasn't enough integration. There wasn't enough time for integration. There wasn't enough time for peace. And whenever we were not together, we were actually much better. 
Mm. And so we would integrate and we would grow. And then um, his and my relationship was always very much um, push and pull, like um, together and lovely. And then it would break. And so even right now, um, I'm still in this place of kind of expecting him to come back. I know that he's not going to, but the pattern of four years has been usually after about four months, he comes back. So I'm <laughs> break that now for real. Yeah. I've um, only seen one example where they've stayed together and the male in the relationship was so far beyond the majority of human males on this planet <laughs> in terms of consciousness that I think that's the reason it's still working. Where he was aware of his psychic gifts. He was aware of his empathic nature. He was on a spiritual journey. He was in a place of desiring soul growth and challenge and partnership on a Jesus Magdalene level. So maybe in order for the, like in order for the twin flame to do what it's supposed to do, which is ignite the other one, one of them must be resistant to the awakening in some way. I'm, I, I'm not sure if it's that they need to be resistant. Can you rephrase that? Um, yeah, I'm just uh, like, I was hearing you talk. Mm-hmm. With and then of course I was being selfish and thinking about my experience. <laughs> I was with a partner who was very, very awake very um, conscious, very kind, very loving, very patient, very evolved, and yet um, denied (laughs) the other pieces of my psychic reality, right? Mm -hmm. So I'm just something in the tension of the twin flame, like if it's intended to wake the other one up, well, if both of them are awake, there's nothing to wake up, and then a twin flame could really work. I think that's what it was. I think um, they they weren't doing the, the activation point necessarily i think she activated some of his psychic potential that he wasn't quite aware of but he grounded her okay and that's exactly it right so there's an activation in it um and funny because i was looking at a matt con email before i got on the phone with you um (laughs) he was talking about that too right there's this place of transformation there's this place of transmutation there's a place of activation um so the twin flame maybe is the way that we're playing with it today is really an activator of the other's innate gifts Mm mm-hmm and I think that's why Anton gives me the title of his twin flame in the sense that we both woke up other things within each of us when right. we met. Um, like I, I had had visions before, but not in the way the day that we met, like saw the last lifetime we were together. Wow. I saw, I saw how he had died. Mm-hmm. And I saw um, the person who I was then, and I saw a lot of the um, really deep longing for something in the ocean explained. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> he, had, he had passed away because of a storm at sea. And, um, and I, I just saw it so clearly, so perfectly. There was no question. And at that point... I hadn't even read many lives, many masters yet. Um, I I was like, oh, yeah, past lives are real. Okay. (laughs) And so he he brought that awareness into me. And at the same time, I I brought a whole slew of spiritual practices that he had never even thought about. Um, He had done Buddhism and yogic sorts of work and a little bit of Tantra. But he hadn't delved into a lot of the other 
paths that are around the world that I had walked down. Um, well, and that's when a twin flame could conceivably work, right? When right. both of you have been doing your own practices and can bring it to each other and uh, turn on for the other one what um, hasn't been activated yet. Oh, that's so nice. Full <laughs> in that way. It is helpful. And I think maybe part of the reason that I don't want it to be twin flames because I do want it to work. <laughs> Every twin flame oh. I've seen except one, it hasn't. And so for me, if, if I don't label it that, there's a much bigger chance that we're going to stay together until one of us dies. <laughs> and at the same time, I love like, you guys have got a great relationship. It's honest and it's, yeah. um, it's not just a healing relationship, but it's a healed relationship, right? Where you yeah. do safety of being honest and completely vulnerable with one another, even whenever the growth and the challenges get a little tricky. And, and it's not like it's been an easy relationship. We've had multiple occurrences where we've really questioned um, just how many soulmates a person can encounter in a lifetime that are romantic and what to do when that arises. And to be able to have those conversations in a way that is like safe and loving and still um, conscious enough to continue the conversation, I think is profound. Yeah, that's, that's something that I think we've been so blessed with is communication and it helps that we both have air and earth in our, <laughs> in our charts. Um, Cause he's cap rising and Aquarius and I'm Gemini rising and Virgo. So we have like, balance yeah complete balance from the different sides of the chart and then I also like he's he's got the water more than I do because he has <gasps> Pisces moon oh that's so funny do you have any other markings on your charts that like line up that could tell you that it is soulmate or twin flame not that um anyone has seen yet okay so I'm I'm in an astrology course right now I'm two thirds of the way through and we're just touching on synastry and so I'm gonna start looking and just see um and i'm curious because i feel like right now we don't have anything that would point to compatibility but we also don't have anything that would point to incompatibility according to past astrologers okay so my twin flame and i we have moons in the same house Mm. um, in like three degrees of each other which is pretty uncommon yeah (laughs) and on my um, south node is his Mars. And so I remember him looking at our charts one time and him saying, I am here to make sure that you do not fail where you've failed before. I am here to make sure you become who you're supposed to be. And I'm here to kick your ass to make sure you do. Oh, I just got chills. <laughs> yeah. And like tail of the dragon, right? Yeah. I want something that is cozy and sweet and loving and safe. Um, and for us, like that was never... Um, yeah, that wasn't the story that we got to live. Uh, we found love and safety and vulnerability and beauty and growth, but it was never a happily ever after, mm. which pissed me off, right? Because yeah. that would have been awesome to be able to stay and grow in that, but nope. I also wondered too, like how many times twin flames have had um, like pleasant experiences in past lives <laughs> and, uh, and they're like, well, that didn't do much. So we know of at least two, uh, maybe three, um, Mm -hmm. the last time we saw each other, uh, was in January 
said to me, he's like, I can see it all now. I can see how it was written in the stars. I can finally see it. Um, and so like that level of validation after four years of having my own experience of like seeing things that he couldn't was beautiful. Mm. Um, but yeah, those past lives, Oh God, I don't remember enough details. Um, but yeah, like we've been able to like recognize at least two together, which I think is pretty fucking cool in and of itself to be able to share that with somebody. Yeah. And one of them certainly was not peaceful. One of them, um, I called him after that January trip and I apologized and I'm like, what I did to you in our last life, like I take back every curse and I have, I'm so sorry, like, please, can you forgive me? And so I unraveled like all of the curses from the past lives that I <laughs> put on <laughs> those lives very intentionally. It was a very contentious relationship. Oof. That's a lot to behold too. And I think maybe a lot of twin flame uh seekers don't realize just it's like be careful what you wish for you don't realize what you're gonna see and you think it's it's like all this star-crossed lovers um and you know forgive me that i've done readings for fucking 15 years but i've watched people like begging for a twin flame um and i'm like no you don't understand like this is not um in any way like a sweet little love story it's um it's painful yeah. I'm like, ask for your beloved, ask for your soulmate, ask for the one who will unconditionally love you. <laughs> but I think the nomenclature has gone out there and you know, this is what, I don't know if it's fucking new age or what it is, but like, who is the goofball who promoted this whole fucking twin flame idea anyway? Like we need a conversation. I know that's what I'm, that's what I'm upset about is how many times I've done readings or like I'm, I'm doing tarot at someone's party and that's what they ask. Of course, and just like, honey, first <laughs> off. <laughs> so like, not even just like, am I going to find love? Am I going to find my twin flame? Like, Jesus, yeah. y'all fucking elevated this shit to such a degree that um, there's a lot of pressure put on it now. Yeah. And it's it's not just pressure put on the reader to explain it, but it's pressure on them to to find a relationship that meets mm-hmm. that un- like unmeetable it's pedestal. True. Well, and can we say, like, can I maybe put the word desperation on it? Um, <laughs> it's people who so deeply want to be loved. Mm-hmm. I want to be careful because I don't want to be an asshole and I don't want to isolate anybody. Um, but like it, the des- oh, I can say that. Thanks. This is Shisa Hot coming through. The desire for twin flame is really um, the desire for love. It's a wound. Right. Call- Twin flame is calling in this love that you think will uh, either change you or never leave you. And that's just not true. I love that you brought in She's a Hot because the next thought that I had was Isis, Osiris, Jesus, Magdalene. If you want to look at twin flames in history. Oh, yeah. They don't have happy endings. Yeah. <laughs> no, usually the guy dies. <laughs> like, it's not it's not one of these like sweet romances where you end up in the stars forever holding hands. It's that you watch each other go through extreme pain, extreme hardship, extreme growth, and the love never stops, but it's also never easy. No, I want easy. I'm real fucking clear on that. Like I'm (laughs) I'm ready for an easy relationship. Um, Can I tell you what my new relationship goals are? Because I think you'll dig it. Yes. Um, and I may have recorded a little video the other day. Um, I don't know if I'm going to go online dating because that just seems so ridiculous. But I know for me, I need to practice receiving. Mm. And I need to practice receiving pleasure. Yeah. Um, 
maybe it's this time of Taurus. Maybe it's, you know, I was married for 15 years and then in a twin flame relationship for four. Fuck, I just want something easy now. Yeah, you want some, like, I used to call it candy. I don't know about candy, Amy. <laughs> um, okay, so when you when you say easy too, though, like, is it easeful in the cohabitation or is it easeful in the the emotional aspect um I think where I'm playing with it is I want the ability to be safe and vulnerable and honest and I want that to open up like first I don't want to have to like earn all of these places of like oh can I trust you and oh well, you lied about that and blah blah, blah. like I don't have fucking time yeah. I need a place where I feel like I can just go into my feminine Mm-hmm. feel safe enough to practice receiving. That's a huge thing. I'm so glad you brought that up. And that's something that Anton and I totally recognized in our past relationships is where one of us had been holding too much of an energy that was opposite to our nature. Not that like you can't be in a female body and be very masculine energetically, but if you are looking for a relationship that balances you, you have to own what kind of nature you're looking for. And he was in his last marriage because we've both been married before. Um, And I love his ex-wife. She's probably one of the strongest healers I've ever met. (laughs) She's so sweet, so knowledgeable, so beautiful. And we get along really well. (laughs) And I think that just goes to show how mature both of them are in that sense, that there's no um, fear at all between all of us. Um, But he and her met because of the spiritual community. So they had a very spiritual relationship, but the passion was kind of lacking. And one thing they realized was he kept falling into a a low road of the feminine and she kept falling into a low road of the masculine where um, she would push his buttons and he would just cry. (laughs) Because he was just trying to be, you know, honest and vulnerable and, and in touch with his feminine and there's and not that like guys can't it's wonderful when guys cry it's wonderful when humans cry but for him he needed to be able to feel like he was supporting her and holding her and protecting her and doing all the high road of the masculine of witnessing and the consciousness um and she needed to be able to feel that trust and surrender and like movement bliss that comes with the high road of the feminine Mm. and they weren't doing that for each other. And he was reading things like David Data's work with the Enlightened Sex Manual and all that good stuff. Oh, wait, I don't know. That again? Uh-huh. What? Hmm? Yeah, what? you need to find a guy who's read the Enlightened Sex Manual, which okay. is like spirituality and how to do a G-spot orgasm in the same way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, <laughs> not on a profile. Like uh, requirements are you need to have read this and uh, – I was talking to one of my male friends the other day and he's like, you don't want to look for a sacred masculine. Um, and he's like, anyone who is truly sacred masculine probably will not call themselves that. <laughs> they might be if they're part of the sacred sons crew. I really like a lot of the teachers. Oh yeah. No, I think, uh, thank you universe. I will happily call in a sacred son to, uh, practice some, um, you know, I, I want to move into my feminine. I want to, I want to practice things. And I think, um, you know, maybe this is where our conversation is kind of evolving today and thanks Thanks for letting me share where I'm at. Um, (laughs) Like we need to be clear on what we want in relationship more than I want my twin flame. What the fuck do you actually want in a relationship you need from the other um, without it being 
(laughs) (laughs) can meet my own needs. I don't need anyone, but here's what I want to practice. Yes. Yes. And that's, so the, one of the very first conversations Anton and I had, he actually, did I ever tell you he found me through Instagram? No. How sweet is that? It's like totally 21st century romance. Uh, He was following me and I was um, a suicide girl, which is an alternative model. That's like the tattooed, pierced, dyed hair version of Playboy. (laughs) And that's why my Instagram has the followers that it does. I need you to just talk more about that. Was that an archetype that you were playing with or was, Oh yeah. Yeah. It was a mixture of repressed nature from childhood one growing up in a fundamentalist evangelical Christian household. That'll do a lot to you. That'll do a lot. And um, I was working with the dark side of the feminine in terms of goddess energy when it comes to all of them. Kali, the Morgan, um, Lilith. <laughs> call this out for a second uh, because yeah. that's what I heard. There is no dark side of the feminine. Okay. Yes. The You are 100% correct. The side that has gotten demonized by our current world view calling right now the fucking sacred rage yeah yeah the ones who are like i am powerful and beautiful and yeah i just just need to say that yeah nephthys she's coming up (laughs) segment yeah not dark okay so you were a suicide model and this um little handsome yogini found you and said yeah because i was one of the few who's doing yoga postures as often as i was taking pictures of my cute butt and um, <laughs> I love yoga. I loved acro yoga more because then you got to wear a very minimal amount of clothing and be touched by other people. And I was in a space where I was exploring what it was to be in my body, to be feminine, to hold that um, in a very public way, but also in a very private way where the relationship I was in at the time um, was very BDSM oriented. Uh, he was a dom and I was a sub and it was like the, the very twisted version of what would be sacred, right? Where the feminine surrenders completely and the masculine makes the decisions and holds the space and creates the, um, Whoa. the container. Huh. Yeah. Thought of BDSM that way, but you're exactly right. Like it's a practice. Um, it's a you know maybe twisted experiment in sacred relationship. Yeah, it's like the darkest, most uh, switched around kind of viewpoint of something that is really sacred. And um, and the guy that I was with was absolutely wonderful, very sweet. In in day to day life, like you never would have known. We looked like two nerds. <laughs> glasses and sweaters at Starbucks (laughs) I I knew something was missing I knew there was there was something deeper and I couldn't reach it with him and it was a soul thing and I could not explain it and when Anton reached out to me and we were like messaging back and forth he was like what what do you want out of the masculine like he asked that straight up and I was like oh I found a good one (laughs) or he found me really he found me because I didn't know he existed and so we I say I screenshotted the whole conversation and I still have it on my phone <laughs> that's so cute yeah I could send it to you and it was it was like dirty but it was also really really spiritual of like 
that's not what the masculine should do. This is what the masculine needs to do for the feminine. And if you can't feel that complete trust and surrender, you have no business with that guy. I completely agree. And that's what I'm saying. Like, I don't need to go through like uh, dates to figure that out. Like it's either going to be there or it's not. And I'm cool, but yeah. yeah. And that, that was like, it was the starting point. And this is why I think like this, this relationship that I am in, others might label it as twin flame because of the amount of activation that happened the first three weeks that we were in physical contact with each other. Um, I don't know what it is with freaking showers and our relationship. Every time we were in the shower, I was like bawling on yeah. the floor. And um, at the first time was when I had the vision, like I literally, I was in his arms and I leaned back. And when the water hit me, it was like the vision hit me too. It just washed over me. And then the next time that we were in the shower together, I all of a sudden felt for the first time self worth in a way that I never experienced it where I thought I deserve to be in a relationship that is healthy and that isn't messed up in any way shape or form (laughs) (laughs) and so it wasn't that he was fulfilling something in me it was that I recognized the worth in myself yeah that's beautiful and I think that's that's an activation point and then like I mean it just kept occurring (laughs) I was like oh this is me feeling safe. Oh, this is, this is vulnerability. This is real vulnerability. Um, and he, the second day that I knew him. So the first day that we met in person, I took his yoga class and I bawled partly because he played Adele. You can't not cry. during Adele. <laughs> and I, I couldn't stop wanting him to touch me like I mean yoga teachers will come and adjust you and I was like he's being a little more friendly than most yoga teachers would normally be but I just like I wanted his hands on me the whole time and the second the class ended I just wanted to hold his hand like I I kept having to grab my own hand so it wouldn't reach out and touch him there was this like magnetism and I think that's something that not every relationship has and part of the reason it's made it easy is we have this this, I think it is a soul longing to physically be in proximity to each other. Uh, and, awesome. And, and I, I don't, don't want to put it on anyone that it has to be that way. Cause I don't think that's true, but I think it, it's a helping factor. It helps. Yeah. This is great. Because again, <laughs> Uh, so I am unraveling my wounds, my attachment wounds and clear trauma relationship wounds. Um, and so what, you know, most of the teachers are saying is if you have an instant attraction, like run the other way, that is just the wounds that are triggering. Mm. Um, so for you to have not only this sacred aspect of it, but also this, uh, soul longing that really likes the closeness of the other yeah girl that's gold (laughs) it's it's amazing and like I I spent that whole day just wanting to be in contact with him and he ended up getting uh the chemical configuration of oxytocin tattooed on his ribs that day what yeah and he'd already planned on getting that tattoo before he met me he had scheduled it with the tattoo artist before he met me and he got it that day um so there's that. Yeah, there's an activation, huh? Yeah. So he, he was like activating that sense. And then he came to see my show. And then we went what? out to dinner. No, right sure. after. I, huh? tell, 
Suicide Girl. What what show is Suicide Girl Amy Solara doing? Huh? What? It's called Blackheart Burlesque. <gasps> yeah. And it's amazing. And they still tour. They're doing stuff online right now because a lot's going on. But um, I met some of the most wonderful human beings that were in the show and, like, touring around the nation. Um, Like, (laughs) half the bus were witches, which is awesome. Like, identified as it. Uh, We spent an extra day in Salem and an extra day in New Orleans on that trip. (laughs) Because our tour manager was like, we have to, for all of you, who this is your spiritual practice. And she was amazing, too. Shout out to Sunshine. Her name was Sunshine. Um, Sunshine. Yeah. It was it was amazing because she recognized the connection between Anton and I. Also, I opened the backstage door to let him into the show because he was late because he was getting the oxytocin tattoo. And I happened to be wearing the costume from our Fifty Shades of Grey number. <laughs> Which is like ironically not lost on me because that was the relationship I was in until I met him. Right, the costume had to come off, right? Yeah, able to see and hold. And the costume did come off. Wow. <laughs> and so he got like VIP seats with a friend that he was with at the time, um, uh, who was a fabulous gay guy who just wanted to see a burlesque show because he'd never been to a girls' burlesque show. <laughs> <laughs> And all of the other dancers loved him because he was just so funny and right, like vicarious, um, experiencing what we were doing. And so the tour manager let me and Anton go out to dinner. And she was like, as long as you're back by three, the bus leaves at three. And I was like, I love you. So we went out to dinner and his friend ended up just dropping us off at a restaurant. He's like, you two lovebirds have fun. And um he and I spent the entire dinner conversation talking about past lives and spiritual practices. Yep. Yep. We were like, oh, this might be something deeper. And I remember crying as I was eating my vegan burger at the time. <laughs> I'm not, I'm opposite of vegan now, I'm keto. And he was looking at me and he's like, you are my teacher. Even if this is the last day that I see you, you are my teacher. And he just like told me that flat out, looked me in the eyes. And okay. I'm going to stop you because I, uh, this is a beautiful love story and, uh, <laughs> yeah, kind of irritatingly beautiful. You must I'm be. sorry. No, it's okay. Uh, but I think what I want to extract from it is he saw you. Yeah. He saw you in ways that you didn't see yourself. And I think that, um, as feminine, that's been certainly a collective wound that we have had that the men don't see us. Yeah. Or, or that we don't know how to show ourselves because we don't feel safe. Interesting. Um, and I can say that my twin um, in this final exit that we have had, um, like he saw all of me and that was essentially why he left. He's like, you are a high priestess. You belong to no one and I've got to go. Mm. Um, fucking thanks. Break up during a quarantine. This, uh, it's been hard. Uh, and yeah. at the same time, I was seen and I think that recognition and what I'm hearing that Anton was able to give to you as well like that gift of like I see all of you and I can stand next to your power and I choose to yeah yes formative and I I feel like since then he sees me clearer than anybody else I'm starting to see myself a little more clearly because I'm peeling away a lot of the identifiers um, cause I've had to cause well, Saturn return. 
and, and retro <laughs> and we just got yeah there's uh-huh um like I I was laughing the last time I got um an astrology reading and she said so what happened in this year and I was like well this this and this She's like, and then what happened in this year and I was like well this this and this like, so and I was like basically my Saturn return started way before it was supposed to start because it started when Saturn entered the sign rather than when it got to my natal position which is at the end of the sign <laughs> but either way I'm starting to see who's who he sees yep. and he's starting to see who I see which I think is even bigger yep. um I can certainly say that twin and I did that as well like we were very conscious of like it became everything I thought he could be and vice versa and um for us that was come up it's, it's huge and I think so many people they romanticize not only the name twin flame and not only the name soulmate, but the idea of what those relationships look like in terms of either like tantric sex or conversations that have no end or um, being able to like know what the other one's thinking and feeling and, and they, they, well, they have to be a psychic thing, right? Yeah. Um, and yeah, I think, what we're all seeking in this twin flame or soulmate relationship is really just an experience of unconditional love and somebody who gets us and sees us. Mm -hmm. um, and we can have that. Let's just both say we have that without it needing to be twin flame or soulmate. If we're willing to engage in a fucking conscious relationship and speak to what we want. Yes. Yes. And that's, I think so many people are finally starting to find their own power again. And that's something that I love that, you have stepped into in a way that I hope you see in yourself where you, you keep saying like, I don't know why I'm not doing readings anymore. or I know why I'm not doing readings anymore, but you, you moved into a place where you are making people uh, own their power in a really honest, no agenda way. And if someone can do that for you in a relationship, then that's, that's something worth investing time in doesn't mean you have to like promise forever because well no. we're all gonna die anyway but if you if you approach it with a this time is well spent no matter what right and i'm grateful for every fucking second and every lesson of it yeah Whew. um and i did hear your compliment back there i was receiving <laughs> it um and let me say i am in such a state of what the fuck um i have no idea what i'm doing right now i don't really have an agenda i'm just being yeah and that's why it's working <laughs> <laughs> you're being you and by being you you're making all of us be ourselves fuck yeah i don't know how to how else to do it um but i think like this wanting of forever is what people think will be in the twin flame like somebody who will never leave me and that's not what it is because uh what my friend said to me last week which was super fucking uh he's Taurus and so he always has said like he's like I can see all of you and I can see right through you <laughs> and he's like you know as long as you want to own someone like there will be a problem yeah as long as you want it to be forever and never leave me there will be a problem yep I think it's valid to want um as much time as possible. I think it's valid. But that can be like a year. <laughs> but, um, and Twin and I would talk about this too. It's funny, I almost said his name and I really don't want to do that. Yeah. Um, 
he and I were able to like live beauty in these moments and really cherish the moments. Cause we knew, cause again, the nature of what we were like, it was always like there and gone and there and gone. Um, so yeah, there's something in me that really wants like a partner who I built something with, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> That's completely valid. That doesn't mean that there's anything wrong or needy. Um, and yet the twin flame is there to teach us something. Um, and working in that place, uh, I'm trying to bring it in from She's So Hot right now because it's kind of an interesting way of like that moment can be forever. Mm -hmm. So working outside of this constraint of time and space. Um, and he's got very, very strong Tesla energies. And so I think um, I've been mm -hmm. working with that since he's been gone as well as like, I still have access to that uh, wisdom tradition of what Tesla was tapping into, which is outside of time and space. We could live entire lifetimes in a day and did. Um, and the level of growth and required honesty and no place to hide that comes in that was fucking exhausting. Yeah. Well, you also, I mean, being a like, not just a priestess of the Akashic Records, but a keeper of the Akashic Records. And the Akashic Records are, they aren't before, middle, after. They, like, they just are, right? Oh. That's a space that I feel like is is so natural to you. And it makes sense that you guys could live yeah. entire lifetimes in a single blink of an eye because you are so tapped into the idea that it all is now you are living all those lives now all simultaneous and time doesn't exist and all of this is just an illusion um and yet i can still be a whiny little wuss for <laughs> here crying about missing a boy who was my best friend for four years yeah i think that's something that i'm still longing for is the <laughs> idea of a girl best friend you're so cute, but honey. I know. I know. It's Hello. silly. Right here. Hello. <laughs> well, it was funny because I asked my babies the other day because I asked them, are you best friends? And they said, yeah, we're best friends. And um, I don't have any siblings. And uh, I was like, good. You guys will always have each other. Like, I don't care what happens. Nobody else is as close to you as the two of you are. And then I was like, who's my best friend? And they both looked at me and I said, daddy. Yeah. And I was like, oh, yeah, I guess so. <laughs> and I think there's something interesting that's happening with priestesses, too. We haven't always known how to stand next to each other. Mm -mm. Um, and my uh, not maybe we'll do a different priestess podcast. Uh, but my version of what happened is we used to in the old days in the temples, we knew how to there wasn't competition until the masculine brought in scarcity and uh he forced us to compete with each other for our own safety um mm -hmm. but like old when i tap back into the old lifetimes oh god i mean yeah where the fuck does sapphic come from it's pretty natural that we have pretty easy love affairs with each other mm -hmm. the competition to me is not uh natural or normal that was something that was forced in there yeah that patriarchal mindset that happened was I mean it's also I think it's it's a wonderful like thought experience on the part of the feminine to be like what if do you think we could find each other again if we separated this far um and I want to be careful too because like I see you know I hear all of this like tear down the patriarchy and I'm like fuck um that feels so adversarial to me whereas I'm like tear down the polarity like <laughs> I don't 
it to be like this anti-masculine or the anti-cabal. Like, I think the anti is what really irritates me. Yeah. Um, so yes. Do the practices start remembering the places of love and unity and caretaking for all, because that's what we were doing. I think that's probably why, I mean, tying it back to Twin Flames, why we get so obsessed with the idea is because we as a whole, like as a consciousness are seeking reunification, remembering re 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 all the, the uniting forces. Um, Cause hermeticism is constantly talking about that. And I love like the Kabbalion and all of it. And the idea of it's all just on opposite poles and you're just on, on maybe leaning towards one side or another, but it doesn't mean that you're not still connected. Well, cause yeah, we're all of it. Yeah. Um, and, so yeah. maybe our twin is just on the other pole and we're just trying to meet in the middle. That's funny. Yeah. Um, like he and I have worked pretty consciously and had good conversations about like when we are missing each other, like we tap back into the past because that's still there. Um, mm-hmm. It doesn't need to be in the future, but like the joy and love that we shared has changed us. And that is always available to us. It's just not something that I get to attach to or call back in right now. Yeah. And I think it, there is there's wounding on both sides of the masculine and the feminine energies in the enacting of the current system that we're a part of. Um, and I, I'm not to be anti-patriarchal, but I do think that there, the system is broken and it needs to change. That's not uh yeah i'm acting uh there's some fucking issues going on (laughs) but i do think um, when we encounter someone who's really holding a a pure channel of um, one pole or the other masculine or feminine it activates something in us that is like this longing um to experience that in ourselves Mm -hmm. and that's that's the only challenging place that Anton and I have had where he was doing a talk on the sacred masculine um, at a festival and I wasn't there because our second son was only six weeks old so I didn't feel like <laughs> <Yep>. traveling and um, <laughs> just a little postpartum and he was on fire like he called me afterwards and he was like oh my god babe I think I was channeling <laughs> And he was having this like beautiful spiritual time and this like sense of freedom and the self and this amazing connection to providing like a a sense of a holy masculine for people who maybe have never experienced it before. And he was teaching these really rad yoga classes and it was in this beautiful tropical setting. And he met someone who was a potential soulmate. And she was very open to the idea of connecting to him and (laughs) he was not as resistant as I would have liked (laughs) but they didn't do they didn't act on it right like um because he's too honest and too wonderfully devoted to me and he told her like hey I've got a wife and kids (laughs) um but they still spent the entire weekend together and I still felt betrayed and um there was this insanely challenging moment when he had to tell me when he got home 
And he waited a week. <laughs> and that pissed me off more than anything else. Like, Why didn't you tell me when it happened? <sighs> and that was his uh, workaround. Like he still had to deal with some lessons regarding that. And um, he had been talking to one of his friends who was part of the Sacred Sons um, organization. And the guy was like, you have to tell her like this minute, like this second, honey, like go now, stop talking to me, start talking to her. And when he did, I just remember um, this like insanely sinking sensation and thinking, oh God, how many soulmates have incarnated at the same time right now on this planet that we might accidentally bump into? I don't want that. And it was, it was so fiercely like primal, like there's no other way to explain it. And I I was like, okay, yeah, this one is my person right now. For as long as I, as I am in this, he is in this, and we are in this space where we get fiercely angry if the other one <laughs> steps away. <laughs> the ability to communicate it in a way that is safe and honest and open, like that's the gift. Yeah. And that, I mean, really, it was one of the best things that ever happened to us looking back because it made us define every single boundary. Like, uh, this is okay. This is not okay. This is okay. This is not okay. And it made us really reaffirm everything that we had promised to each other. Um, And it was after that, that we started planning the wedding and the ceremony of the wedding. Um, And it was like this, this moment where it could have gone so many ways and it just pushed us closer together and we couldn't have asked for anything better. It was horrid to experience, but it I, and I still had a, a moment um, recently, actually, we were in sacred cacao ceremony and I just saw like, not just her um, in a vision with him. I saw him with like every soulmate that has ever <laughs> incarnated with him. It was just like, woo, like yeah. picture, 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 picture. And I was so angry. I was like, no, cacao is supposed to be a pleasant plant ceremony. It's supposed heart to be just. Open. Heart feels good. <laughs> And I was like, heart opener, heart opener. And then I was like, oh, my heart is opening. This is all the love that has led to him loving me right now. Oh, honey. Yeah. And then I just went outside and cried at the stars and said, I want to go home. <laughs> um, yeah, I, uh, I see that our time is almost up. So I want to yeah. make you're uh, closing this appropriately. <laughs> um, what I do want to acknowledge is very funny is um, for anyone out there who's like, okay, fucking Amy Solara. She is <laughs> fucking brilliant. She is sweet. Um, and she gets like sacred masculine and a relationship that works. Um, Amy Solara also still says she's seeking the feminine, right? She's got the <laughs> I got my work. <laughs> feminine. Uh, twin flame or the feminine uh, soulmate. So, uh, sister, I throw my hat in the ring to be your bestie because I love you, and I think we're already <laughs> working pretty good toward that. But maybe meeting in real life solidifies something. That maybe. might help. <laughs> oh yeah, I people find you, honey, and as uh, I would love to talk a little bit about your podcast and anything else that you've got going on that you'd like to share. I know we need to have you on ours. We haven't done guests yet, and we need to. Um, you, I'm good. Yeah, our podcast is Mantra and Magic, and um, it's one of my soul brothers. And we didn't talk a whole lot about that uh, soul family in general. We talked about, like, mates and twin flames and the idea of, like, romance. But I've encountered a couple soul siblings, and um, Jeremy is one of them. And 
I, honestly, it was so funny. I was supposed to be called Jeremy because uh, I thought I was a boy until the moment I was born. Josh. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> when I met him, I was like, oh, hi. Yeah, I know you. Mm-hmm. And um, so he and I on this podcast tried to explore all of the paths that have um, really intrigued us on the way to this moment and how we've blended them from like mantra practice in Sanskrit to um, using sacred space containers that were taught in Western esoteric tradition to um, recognizing divinity across the world is the same. <laughs> I, just, I geek out because I love your fucking knowledge where I'm like, I just channel it in. I don't have a fucking clue. Um, yeah, like you are so deep and knowledgeable with the things that you um, have studied and practiced. It, um, I'm, I'm in great admiration of it. Well, I'm in admiration of your fact that you can be a hollow bone. That's, that's probably the the biggest lesson of my lifetime is stepping into a space where I I don't question anything that's coming through me because I haven't read it in a book. Um, but that's also like my super super feminine, right? Like yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah so like, I'm I'm like, so <laughs> so like learning how to. I was I was doing it a little bit. I'm just I'm just dipping my toe in the water of letting the divine do that with me. Um, and that's part of the reason I was so excited about the all souls coven school, because one, I'm constantly looking for female relationships. Hold on like, how do I help other people build it for themselves? Cause that's all that I needed you to say. So Amy, yeah. beautiful Amy has started a, um, mystery, can we call it a mystery school training? What do you want to call it? It basically is a mystery school. Cause I told him not to tell anyone. <laughs> Okay, great. It's a mystery school called All Souls that you can find on Patreon. So, mm-hmm. yes, please. Mm-hmm. Um, Wait, they can't find they can't find it now. It's literally a mystery. <laughs> they can't find they can't sign up again until um, October because I capped it so that it the each group would be able to be a coven that continues on their own and it wouldn't get too big. That's so good. Okay, great. Um, so yeah, you cannot get into the online coven of until October, but. Yeah. There's other Patreon offerings for sure. Amy Solara on Patreon. And and if you're on there, you'll get the announcement first, of course, um, to be able to sign up. And then for the next one, the next one begins on Samhain, Halloween. Oh, of course it does. That yeah. Perfect sense, doesn't That's it? part of the reason I called it All Souls was because this first group graduates then and the next group begins then. So cool. Endings and beginnings. And I love all Souls Day and Halloween so much. Well, in Beltane, like where we just kicked off Beltane. Yeah, which is technically, Girl. I mean, it's the the polar opposite. Yep. So, <sighs> um, thanks for letting us have this conversation here. Mm. I'm I'm or so if- grateful you said like we have to have it here because it, okay. it's good. <laughs> um, yeah, because it's uh, it was too much to unpack and it. Like I needed, uh, thanks for letting me share because, uh, yeah, I'm still processing my own experience of it. So being able to uh, be witnessed and hear other people's experiences, it's really quite beautiful. Thank you for being so honest too. Oh, fuck. I don't, yeah. Hollow bone. I don't have another option. Like clearly. <laughs> the path of a priestess. Path of the priestess. Uh, yeah, we'll, we'll do priestess talk next because that would be a pretty fun one too. So I love you. Thanks for being here with us today. I love you too. Thanks for having me. In case you can't tell, I kind of love that lady. 
and twin flames y'all fuck hopefully we gave you a little bit to chew on so that you can explore what it really is that you want in your own seeking of this type of a relationship some stuff to think about huh you can find the radiant Amy Solara over at the Mantra and Magic podcast and check out her online school over at Patreon All Souls. We do have ratings up now, honey. Want to leave us a rating on iTunes? Because maybe that matters in this era. Who knows anymore? <laughs> um, and if a rating isn't what you're ready for, you want to leave me a message? What do you want to talk about? What types of topics can we cover? I'm certainly wanting to get more masculine on here, so I'm excited about that. So thanks to the beautiful Jen Cordy for the music, Laura over at Eye of Iris for the images, and my love. Thanks for being here. See you soon.